You are listening to This is Oklahoma, hosted by Mike Hearn, telling stories of Oklahomans and those that have made it their home. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of This is Oklahoma. Mike Hearn here, your host, back with another episode. On today's episode, I have Brenda Weiler from Crossed Arrows Alpacas. Huge thanks to Oklahoma Agrotourism uh, for helping set this podcast up. Hundreds of farms and ranches across the state of Oklahoma invite you to explore and experience the intersection of agriculture and tourism, Oklahoma's growing adventure. Pet a pig, help with a harvest, lie around at the lodge, wind down with a wine and more. However, you want to experience agriculture? Let Oklahoma Agrotourism be your guide. Start your adventure at oklahomaagrotourism.com. All right, so today's podcast, I have Brenda Weiler from Crossed Arrows Fiber Mill and Alpacas down in Duncan, Oklahoma. Um, Crossed Arrows offers a unique agro-tourism adventure and only do visitors have the opportunity to see and learn about alpacas and llamas. Uh, you can check their wet stuff out on their website. It's awesome. It'll be in the link below. Um, beautiful countryside down in Duncan, um, but also you can see how, you know, firsthand how an alpaca fleece is transformed into a stunning array of luxurious products, which you can definitely buy from them down there as well. You know, from yarn clothing and beyond, um, a pair of alpaca socks coming into winter would definitely keep your feet warm. But, um, you know, the added bonus of being able to, to see the process from start to finish, educational, informative, uh, with an emphasis on fun. Brenda definitely says that in the podcast you're going to listen to today. That's This is a retirement gig for her. And if she's not having fun, then then that she's not, that's why she's not, you know, that's why she's in the business is to have fun. And, and this is her retirement. So, um, you know, the 20 plus years in the alpaca industry and whether young or old, a trip to the farm is definitely a highlight of any road trip. So this tour's available. Like I said, the website will be down below in in the description. And let's get into today's podcast with Brenda Weiler. Uh, Cross Arrows, Fiber Mill, and Alpacas. And I was looking at the website, and my mum absolutely loves like yarn and knitting and crocheting and all that kind of stuff. Uh, and my aunt does too. And the next time they come to town, I'm just they're going to have to come and see you. Oh, we would love to have them. Uh, we are producing very, very high quality yarn. Uh, I am very pleased. I wish our fiber mill manager could have been here today, but uh, she uh, decided that she needed a few days off. So she's off gallivanting. And uh, so, but uh yeah, anyone, please come down anytime. Uh, give us a call. We'll set up a time, and uh, it all works out very well. Yeah. So you guys are down in the Duncan, Oklahoma area, and you have 20-plus years of experience and, and just all this cool stuff that goes on. You do a lot of stuff. You obviously you know the sell the yarn, but obviously you do tours, and, and the whole agro-tourism side of the business is, is really exciting. So for everybody listening that really, you know, this is the first time they're ever hearing of what you guys do. Tell me everything. What is it that you guys do? Um, what we have uh, over a hundred acres here and we have uh, over 70 alpacas today. Uh, we had 11 babies, which are called Krias. They were born in uh, this year. We have uh, 20, two headed cattle, but we have the Aberdeen Red Angus, which uh, 
as you well know, they uh, have been bred back down to the original uh, size that Angus cattle, and that was done in uh, Australia and imported. So it's better, um, it's actually more beef per carcass per pound. So um, we're into that. We have, uh, currently we have four donkeys and two baby donkeys. And um, so that, and we have uh, two guardian dogs and lots of barn cats. So yeah, uh, what, what we have done here is I just retired the 1st of June, but last uh, October, November timeframe, we put in uh, a mini mill, which the mini mill takes the raw fiber and transforms it into yarn, or we make uh, felted products, uh, roving uh, and batting, the uh, roving, a lot of uh, hand knitters or spinners like to use it. One of the things we're uh, really looking into is adding another machine to our collection to actually start making alpaca fabric uh, and to be able to sell it and the products made from it. Super exciting stuff then. I I think so. We uh, this is very exciting time for me. Like I said, I retired uh, after over almost thirty years with the federal government. I worked for Department of Army in the Pentagon. Uh, I have not missed it one day because I've been super busy uh, with a fiber mill and working with the animals. And so it's been a great retirement plan. Yeah, no doubt. And how so? So you you both kind of grew up um, down in the Duncan area. Oh no, my husband is originally from California, but hey. <laughs> anyway, he uh, he uh, he's actually he joined the military at eighteen, and so he's he's a military guy. He's retired from the military, but he still works for the government. Yeah, I on the other hand grew up in, in Duncan area. Uh, my family, we have uh, my grandpa. Santer actually uh, was on the original Choctaw Rose and got Indian land. His daddy got Indian land and his grandmother. So we have several generations back. Uh, my, like I said, my grandfather, my daddy, they were all born in this area. And so it's his home to me. Yeah, I, I was down. I was down in. I played golf at the territory uh, probably two months back. So I was down that kind of area. Uh, I guess this year, uh, a lot of fun, a lot of cool things in that area. It's actually a nice drive heading down there from the city because it's, you know, it's just, it's peaceful, isn't it? <laughs> yes, out here uh, we have, like I said, we have these huge trees which are very uncommon in this part of the country. Uh, they've been here probably, you know, uh, fifty to seventy five hundred years. Uh, one of the things like we are we have tours here at the farm. We kind of we're gonna build that up. Uh, we actually would like to have a few places for have people to stay. I and by staying then they get to uh, if they you know want participate in some of the chores which People uh, my age remember going uh, out to the farm where, uh, 
you know, someone lived. I never had a grandmother, so I can't say that. But, you know, a lot of people talk about helping their grandma uh, with her chickens or doing all these type of things that they reminisce about and would like their children to be able to participate in, even if it is just a weekend. Mm-hmm. So, so this hundred acres that you guys have, is that family land then? Uh, no, but uh, I would like to purchase some of our family land uh, that uh, may be coming for sale soon. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. Yeah. Hopefully uh, it can work. Yeah. So, so growing up, you obviously had, you know, a lot of land with family stuff, but um, were you kind of, you know, were, were, were like the alpaca side of things and was that, normal to you growing up or is that something you just kind of you know just came came to well i tell people they ask you, you know, how'd you get into alpacas uh, my husband and i of course we were in stafford virginia at the time and uh i have one son and my husband uh had three boys actually and the youngest one zachary he went into the military and he finished basic and airborne and was uh, sent to Afghanistan. So his mama was a, a hot mess. And so we went to an alpaca immersion seminar out in Virginia and we bought two alpacas. And then at Christmas time, we bought two mamas and their two babies. So my mind was off, uh, uh, not completely, of course, but it took a lot of worry away because I'd go out and see the alpacas and it was a very calming experience. And to say the least, that was nine years ago and we have over 70 now. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's really cool. And, and you know, uh, we, everyone listening definitely appreciates your service and your family's service. It's uh, my brother-in-law went to Afghanistan, um, no, went to Iraq. And, you know, just hearing all my mother-in-law and, and my sister-in-law also it was, was in the military and like just hearing their stories. And it's not an easy thing to do, but from a mom, I mean, my mother hated me moving 4,000 miles to university. I can't imagine what it's like sending a, sending a, sending a family member off to, you know, off to war. Um, so definitely everyone listening appreciates, you know, your family service and that stuff, uh, for the alpaca side of things, why, I mean, of all the things you could have got, why did you get two alpacas? Um, my husband was making a comment that we don't want to put on here. So, uh, it's because they're cute and, uh, and they were different. I didn't know anything about them. Yeah. Uh, so my uh, background, I'm an operations research analyst, so I love to do research. And the more I researched about them, uh, it was just something that I thought would be fun. And the more I know about them, their fiber is exquisite. And I just, I just enjoy them. You know, they're also, they're a farm animal, so you can eat them kind of like you can eat a cattle. Mm-hmm. And most people go, oh, how can, how could you do that? Well, baby calves are cute too, but, um, you know, we name them sirloin and T-bone. But, uh, but anyway, I just find them very fascinating animals, uh, the alpacas. Uh, they each have their own personality. And I just, it, they're just very enjoyable. And the babies are just so, so cute. Yeah. Uh, so this just kind of just grew into what it is now then, I guess. Like, you know, you just you started with two and now you're over 70. And 
growing up was the kind of yarn side of things, a family thing you guys did or something as a kid you did that just had an interest in? Actually, the answer to that is no, but I did work at TG&Y, which doesn't exist anymore. It was a fabric center, and I just love fabric. I, I, and uh, so, and I can't sew, but I did join a knitting club. It was called uh, Knit and Sip in Virginia. I've got some good friends. Uh, So I, they taught me how to knit. Uh, There was a about two or three that were like excellent knitters. And so we'd all just get together. There were approximately 10 of us and we would get together every Wednesday and the husbands would sit outside uh, or we all would sit outside. And so they had their little group and we were over there knitting and just having this, you know, visiting and having a good time. Yeah. Uh, we're going to incorporate classes, and uh, I have found, well, actually, it's my uh, cousin. Uh, she's going to teach crocheting, and I found a lady, an older lady. She's going to come and teach Knitting 101. So we're going to start some classes uh, to teach people some of these skills that they may have been taught as a child by their grandmother, their aunt, or whatever, and they sort of remember, but sort of don't. And it'll just be a get together for women or men. I, I worked with, um, he didn't work for me, but one of the majors, he learned to knit while he was going to grad school and it was very calming for him. And so, you know, we don't discriminate. Men can come and learn to knit and crochet as well. Yeah. It's a very, it's like reading, isn't it? You know, you have book clubs or you have like, you know, there's enthusiast clubs of every single topic and thing that we can think of and naturally just brings people together and you know if you can make something while you do it then then carry on it's not a loud thing that you you know you can all hang out and you can have a chat while you do and learn and it must be great to build community like that and I'm sure there's a lot of people out there especially like my wife starting to you know she picks up things off her off her mum and my mum and you know that she didn't the kind of old age of learning from your grandmother or your mother like this generationally now like it just doesn't seem to happen as much as it used to i think and yeah starting a school would be that that's a really cool thing to to have and i'm sure you're super excited about that well when i first got out of college before i went to work for the government i actually taught uh school i I was a high school mathematics teacher and i truly believe in uh continual learning is something that keeps your mind active and in fact i'm sending uh, two of my employees they're going to a neonatal uh class reference alpacas at in september and then a couple weeks later uh two of my employees and i are going to go to a class where it's called uh uh, felt loom it's needle felting uh we're going to go do a class on that so it's uh to me it's just continual learning and it's just fun to do to, instead of uh, sitting in front of the TV set all day. Yeah, definitely. So for like the, you know, I'm sure you guys see people from hopefully all over the country driving through on, on, you know, on their trips or whatever. Uh, tell me a little bit about, you know, when, what people can experience when they come down to you. Um, depending, we have uh, several clients. We process their fiber 
into products for them, yarn. Uh, they're called dryer balls, felted. They're actually felted balls to be used. And uh, the dryer, instead of using those scented bounce, uh, those sheets, because uh, it's 100% natural fiber. We also make felted sheets. Uh, we make uh, products from the felted sheets, such as koozies. Um, I was trying to think placemats. We're starting to make rugs. Um, mm -hmm. So we have all kinds of different products and we'll be experimenting and doing research on uh, several other items that we uh, are gonna try to produce as well. Uh, but the people in the, uh, either the alpaca, llama, sheep, uh, even if they have buffalo, anything that produces a fiber, uh, they can they sh can ship it to us, um, and we can make yarn or any kind of felted products from. We oh yeah, we just did an order uh, with Angora Rabbit that we mixed with our uh, Houdini's Princess, which is we believe is our best girl. Uh, her fibers exquisite, so we mixed those two together. Angora rabbit, it feels like a cloud. It's just, uh, anyway, this yarn that we just produced is something that you would use to make for a baby's christening or, you know, cancer patients. It is, it is the most wonderful feel in the world. Um, if you just wanted to come down and the alpacas are fun to watch, our two baby donkeys this uh, morning were out running and chasing each other. It was hilarious to watch. Um, and of course, we have uh, we have like the cattle. We have a bunch of I think we have seven babies this year. So it's uh, and then we had baby cats as well. So if you whatever species you like, we seem to have them here. Yeah, every day is different. Yeah, very busy. Yeah, it's there's never uh, you can't ever get everything done. So it's uh, which is a good thing, you know. Anytime you're working out on a farm or ranch, there's always something that needs to be redone, or you need to. We've got a fence that needs to be um, kind of worked on because we had two mamas and two babies get out a couple of days ago. So, like I said, there's always something to be done around it. We had a paint a fence that we just put in. Uh, we'll do, my husband and I will do that this weekend. So, that'll be, it'll be one of those fun projects we can work together. Yeah, try not, try not to cover each other in paint and, throw, and, and, and get mad at each other. While hopefully, it's, it seems to be cooling down right now, which is a good thing. Oh, I know. It has been so miserably hot. And when it's that hot, all animals are just like, you know, but one thing we do with the alpacas is we water their underbellies and their legs to cool them down because you have to because of the heat. Yeah, that, that heat must be pretty brutal on them. If then, like I said, if you don't take care of them right, don't cool them down. It's uh, middle of Oklahoma with hardly any wind in the summer can be miserable. <laughs> yes, even for humans. <laughs> Definitely. Um, you mentioned the, you mentioned a few of the, the, the stuff that you guys make. You, you guys have an online shop, right? You, you guys, you know, sell a lot of the stuff that you produce yourselves. Yes, we do have an online shop. Uh, it is gaining some traction. Uh, a lot of people, even in Belma, they don't realize what we're doing out here. Uh, so it's it's fun. Some people will stop in. Uh, 
my relatives, I've got quite a few here, they'll stop in and say, we heard you were doing something here. We just came to see what it is. And they're, they're just amazed how many steps it takes to take it from fiber into a yarn or into a, a felted product. So it's, it's a very interesting uh, business, I think. And it, it's wide open on products we could start producing made in Oklahoma here to sell across the nation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really special. And, and you can dive into the, in a lot more detail on the process because I have absolutely no idea what this takes. And I'm sure there's a lot of people listening that, that would be intrigued by the process. So, you know, dive into as much detail as you want. You know, we've got plenty of time. Uh, you know, I'm really interested to find out how, you know, what are the steps to this? Well, let's say you have some fiber and you want to process. So you would uh, get it to us. Some people bring it. Uh, we, had, we have one order waiting uh, to be done. They brought a trailer full. And so we would take it out and uh, look at it, evaluate it, and do, uh, and if they don't know, then uh, the fiber mill manager, Stacy, she's very good with fiber. Uh, we look at it, we decide how, what product we can uh, make from it and the best utilization of the fiber. Uh, so after that's done, it uh, goes into the tumbler and the tumbler, just like it says, it tumbles the fiber around and it gets dirt out. And after 30, 40 minutes, you bring it back in, take it out and you put it in the washer. And unless it's sheep wool, and the sheep wool has to get the lanolin removed from it before you can process it in the machines. But we do that, we wash it twice, lanolin to get it off. And so then it'll go into the wash machine to be washed just like any other fiber. Once it's done, we put it on the dryer racks. That usually takes a full day to get it dry. And so the next day we'd run it through what we call the carter, and uh, excuse me, the picker. The picker uh, picks it apart, you know, great names. The picker picks it apart and it flies it into the picker room where it looks like little clouds being uh, distributed across the room. Once that's finished, you rake it up and it can go on the separator. Some people don't like their fibers separated because they lose too much of it. But if you want high quality products at the end, you want to get rid of those guard hairs and uh, heavy primaries that are within your uh, fiber. So once it goes, and we have one of, uh, there are only three of these big uh, separators in the United States where it'll separate the fiber twice in one push through the machine. Other people only have one separator, so if they want it doubled, they have to redo it, which takes longer. So as you go through the separator, the guard hair, the heavy primaries fall out, and at the end, it's just a real cloudy, uh, very nice-feeling fiber. So once that's finished, it goes to the carter, and the carter breaks it apart some more, and then it will, um, you can make three products on the carter. You can either make roving, 
and roving goes to be made into yarn, or you can make bats, and uh, anyone listening that is a quilter, you know what a bat is. Bats are, uh, can be used for quilting, for making duvets, uh, and some people use them then to wet, wet felt with. But, and the third thing it does, it makes rug yarn. And it's a core spun yarn. And so we take, uh, we use cotton. So we take a cotton mop yarn and we coarse spin the alpaca or whatever, you know, animal fiber we're using. We coarse, we spin it around it and it makes a rug yarn. And with that rug yarn, um, I'll get back to going back to the yarn, but with that rug yarn, there are several products that we have been making from it. Uh, rugs, we've been making placemats, we've been making uh, 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 divot, not divots, um, what are those called? Uh, they're like potholder things. Uh, but so going back to the process, if, you, if we're making roving to be made into yarn, it goes through a draw frame, which starts lining the fibers back up to be spun. So you've been breaking it apart this whole time and everyone, I, they need to be able to see my hands, don't they? <laughs> so, if they so when it goes to the draw frame, it starts aligning the fibers back up and it'll go through the draw frame twice and then it goes over to the spinner. We have a 12 uh, spinner, which can do 12 uh, making yarn spinners uh, to, but then we have a, four spinner plier. So once you have spun the yarn, if you want to make a two ply or a three ply or four ply, whatever you want, then you take those and you ply them together like a rope. And so you, that's how you make the two ply, three ply, whatever yarn you want to make. And that goes into a steamer where it puffs it up and then you uh, can put it on the skein, winder, ball winder, whatever you want to sell it. So that's the process in, uh, you know, yeah. five, five minutes or less. How, how long does that process usually take? Um, depending, um, if, I, if we were to do the complete process, because you have to stop and let the fiber dry, so that is overnight at least, and maybe – we have to put fans on it to make sure it'll dry that quickly. Then the picker, so one day, it usually takes, it could take two days to make the yarn. Yeah, so so really not, I mean, for everything you just explained, like it's quite a quick process then, I assume. Yes, as you, it can be, as long as you're not having any problems, as long as uh, you don't have uh, a bunch of orders built up, Sure. And so what we, we try to get it pushed through, but there's always a place it seems like, and that's what I should be doing with my background, figuring out uh, how to cue this stuff better so it'll flow faster. But I just haven't had time yet. But it's, uh, like I said, it, it's fascinating to watch it go from an animal's back to be made into some luxury yarn that we're hoping to keep making products with to sell from, you know, made in Oklahoma brand on it. 
Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, like I said, from, from your background and then all the, you know, like the systems and the maths and the stats, and I'm sure like you're waiting just to get a free afternoon or a free weekend to just dive into an Excel spreadsheet and make sure that, you know, pull a system out and make this as streamlined as possible because, you know, the easier you guys can make it, the more, that, you know, the more uh, products you can you can get through, and and the the more volume you can do, right? That's that's what as a business, that's kind of the whole goal is, you know, how can we streamline the process and do more uh, more of what we're doing now? So, uh, you also you sell the alpacas, right? I think there's a link on the website to sell some as well. Uh, yes, um, we have we have. So I used to my husband would make fun of me because. Uh, our first banner winner, we still have, because they people wanted to buy her and they were going to pay us some good money. And I said, we can't sell her. She she just won a banner, and that's our first banner. <laughs> and so it's it's it takes an awful lot for me to want to sell one, but I you have to be able to because uh, some of them aren't as nice as the others. And so we sell them in, we have three groups. We have the show animals, which are uh, the top animals we have. Then we have the fiber animals, which is uh, the, you know, the grades three, four. And then we have the, um, the animals that, aren't quite as good. But right now, our animals, uh, I'm very proud to say, uh, we don't have any animal that can't contribute to this farm uh, by producing good fiber. Even our oldest girl, who is Black Beauty, she has a lot of gray hair. We processed her fiber. The separator took all that gray out, so she's black, and it was, they said, Guess who this is? I would have never thought in a million years it was Black Beauty's uh, from her fiber. It is still good once you get rid of all the gray hair. And so, you know, as I'm getting older, I appreciate that uh, having the gray hair and getting rid of it uh, makes you still viable <laughs> to, uh, you know, contribute here. <laughs> yeah. It must be, you know, just going from what you've done as a career, right? Kind of like at the nation's capital, working at the Pentagon, I guess super like, I assume high stress level work, you know, very hard stuff to, you know, going to retiring on an alpaca ranch with a hundred acres, probably doing more manual labor than you would ever done your entire life. Right. But like, it's the same, it's a different kind of busy. You're probably as busy as you were working, but, you love every day and you love what you do. Um, one of the things I can say as uh, our new motto here is, uh, this is an alpaca farm, it's supposed to be fun. Uh, I laugh at and tell my husband, uh, I'm always busy. I have lost weight because I was going to uh, meeting, to meeting, to meeting. And so now I'm just, uh, I'm, I'm constantly moving and busy. Um, I, maybe I, I need to spend more uh, time on my website and all this other stuff. But uh, like I said, I'm just, it's, it's just a happy feeling to be here and uh, being around family. 
uh, it's, I just enjoy it a lot more instead of being stuck in traffic in uh, Washington, DC. Yeah. Being home special. Yes. Yeah. We're trying to make this, you know, our business very family oriented and uh, our employees, uh, we try to have a family oriented atmosphere and, so, if, you know, one of our employees has a daughter still in school and we're like, you know, uh, make sure you can go pick her up. Uh, make So we work around things like that. We have uh, I have um, one of the young men that works for us. He's in college. Uh, he started, I think, his senior year. So uh, we give a little scholarship every year to kind of help him with his books or whatever. And uh, that's just one thing we like to do. Yeah. Did it it mean a lot for you to come home and start this? Um, Yes, because um, I've wanted to do this for about five years or so. Um, And one of the things I have been very fortunate in my life. I had a happy childhood. I, my daddy started his own business when, so I never had to uh, pay for college. Uh, he paid for it. Even my master's I paid for. It. So, but um, like I said, I was happy growing up and I just want to be able to offer a place for people to come work that it's, fun. It's, uh, you can leave your worries at home and just, uh, uh, and be able to be able to work and produce something that you can be proud of. Yeah. There's, there's something to be said about having a job that's outdoors pretty much every day. There's nothing compares to being outdoors. Like it just makes you, I mean, unless it's, you know, a million degrees outside. Uh, but like it just, you know, like working outside, being outdoors, it's so good for our mental state, right? I totally agree. And uh, you should see me. I learned to drive my tractor. Um, some people would say not really well, but I'm learning. Uh, it's just, it's just a fun adventure. Uh, so like I said, that's what retirement's supposed to be about is just having a great time. Definitely. Definitely. And nothing better than producing, you know, like you, like you mentioned the made in Oklahoma products that can be bought and sold all around the country. Um, you know, people are sending their product to you to, to turn into, you know, amazing stuff as well. And, uh, wish you all, wish you all the success in the future. Definitely. Uh, anything that we've missed that you want to tell everybody listening? Well, one of the things that I, I must mention is like you asked about being back home. One of my great nieces, uh, her name is Rumor. We call her Ruru. Ruru's having a birthday, and so we're going to her birthday party tomorrow. That's fun because if you're not around family, you miss those kind of things. Uh, my my son's uh, he's stationed halfway across the country, but uh, he enjoys coming back he and his wife, because uh, it's very family oriented here in Oklahoma. Yeah. And one of the things I'd like to end with is because I truly believe this, that we have outsourced way too many products, no offense uh, to, <laughs> uh, to anyone that's uh, not in 
American citizen, but we've outsourced way too much. And the more we can bring back and the more we can produce here and be able to uh, offer to, you know, especially made in Oklahoma to Oklahomans, I think the better off we're all going to be. Yeah, it's it's just great to be, like I said, to be a part of this Made in Oklahoma program that you guys are involved in. And, and there's so many awesome little businesses in there that are doing great things from and so many different ranges of products. And it truly is like special, especially for me to send something back to my parents in Wales that, you know, was actually made here. You know, mm-hmm. it's, you know, it's great to have that and you know, it, it, it's just a lot. No, it's more personal, isn't it? To know that this was made right where I'm living pretty much now. And, and it's a little bit of Oklahoma somewhere else in the world. As you can tell, you know, we had an absolute blast doing this podcast. Brenda's got such a passion for, you know, for our Packers. And, and obviously it has a lot of meaning to her with, you know, how she was feeling sending off her son to in the military to uh, to Afghanistan. So, yeah, it's it's an awesome family business and definitely one that you should check out. Like I said in the podcast, the links are down below for the website and the shop and everything that you can buy. It'd be a really cool present for a mother-in-law, Mother's Day, you know, Father's Day pair of socks or, or a blanket for a baby or whatever it is. It's um, I'm super excited when my parents come to town where we're definitely going to go down there and check them out. And llamas and alpacas seem like pretty hilarious animals to be around so thanks for watching and again thanks to oklahoma agrotourism for uh, for making this possible so thanks so much we'll catch you next episode cheers hundreds of farms and ranches across the state of oklahoma invite you to explore and experience the intersection of agriculture and tourism oklahoma's growing adventure pet a pig help with a harvest lie around at the lodge wind down with a wine and more however you want to experience agriculture let oklahoma agrotourism be your guide start your adventure at oklahomaagrotourism.com thank you for listening we are inspired by those around us and hope that you are too Make sure you subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast platform and leave us a review so we can keep telling your stories. For more great Oklahoma content, follow This Is Oklahoma on Facebook and Instagram.